listening to the CX Pod from T-Tech and the Customer Strategist Journal. Welcome to the CX Pod. I'm Judith Aquino. We're at that time of year when marketers turn their focus to planning for the fourth quarter, which includes the largest spending days of the year. However, with so much uncertainty, it's difficult to plan ahead. Joining me to discuss the various ways that marketing has changed and what this could mean for future planning is Donovan Neil May. Donovan is the founder and executive director of the Chief Marketing Officer Council. Welcome to the show, Donovan. Great to be here. So what stands out to you in terms of how marketing strategies and future planning have changed since 2020? Well, clearly, the massive digital shift is the biggest change that's occurred. And the digital transformation of markets, methods of delivery, channels of engagement, uh, way people consume goods and services, everything from how they order and, and locate products to how they, um, you know, get their medical services, how they consume content and entertainment, you know, how they, they schedule their lives. So these, the, the whole shift to broadband usage in every area of life is the biggest shift. And, and the, the requirement for marketers and retailers and service providers to adapt and modify and, and, and address the new dynamics of serving a global market more digitally not so much more mobily as it was before, but really, you know, virtually in the workplace, virtually at home. Um, and most of the consumption of goods and services is is from a location, a fixed location rather than a mobile location as it was before. In other words, it sounds like for marketers, being able to at the same time um, understand how quickly things have changed for consumers um, has informed how quickly they've had to pivot and uh, rejigger their own plans. Well, they certainly had to redirect and rethink and and scale at, at unprecedented levels the digital commerce. I mean, if you look at the numbers, I was just looking at an email that came in today, for example. Um, the numbers on consumer spend, um, you know, they spent... 861 billion online last year, right? And that's a 44% year over year increase. But retail sales only increased by 7%. So you see the delta between 7% and 44%. You can see just correlate the, the actual dimension of the change of how people are purchasing and what their expectations are. They expect to have same day delivery or near same day delivery. They expect to be able to resolve issues and problems through whatever channel, whether it's a chat channel or a, a you know a, a, an electronic channel or a telephone channel. They expect resolution of issues and problems with great immediacy. They expect returns. They expect backend policy processes to be you know adapted to the virtual interaction not the in-person. So instead of going into a store and returning a product, now it has to be done virtually, which means you've got to scale your customer service and support workforce on a massive level, in many cases offshore outsources. So the, the actual demands on marketers 
have shifted towards the customer and the customer interface has become the primary marketing focus. You've got to know how do we service our customer? How do we interact and support and add value to our customer? How do we offset the fact that we're now dealing direct with the customers, direct relationship marketing versus, you know, the, the older or traditional way of, of working through channel partners and the point of pain being at the point of sale rather than now being absorbed and subsumed. It's almost like folks have become Dell direct overnight and having to scale operationally, logistically, supply chain wise, build to order wise, service to order wise. And it doesn't matter what professional service or category you're in. Everything now is a, a virtual interaction and more and more so direct with the consumer. We'll be right back. Looking to create an exceptional customer experience? Check out ttech.com slash happy customers. There you'll find great tips, strategies, and tools to make every customer interaction shine. That's ttech.com slash happy customers. Now back to the interview. I also wanted to discuss some of the findings in the C-suite scorecard report that um, the CMO Council worked on, which rated the marketing effectiveness of enterprise businesses in 2020. So according to the report, which surveyed 120 senior corporate executives, nearly half of the respondents said marketing performed really well, and only 7% were unhappy with the performance of their marketing team in 2020. And so I'm wondering, what would you say was key to a marketing team's ability to perform well in such a difficult environment and how can it be applied to this year? Well, I think depending on whether you're talking B2B or B2C, there's a whole set of different dynamics in both. Um, and also whether you talk about a big business or a small to medium-sized business. So we did actually point out the variations between um, how senior management and big enterprises perceive marketing versus how you know the leader business leadership in small to medium to small businesses perceive marketing. So obviously, marketing is much more visible, accessible, much more closer, more collaborative in a smaller company than it is in a bigger, larger, more distributed, more diverse enterprise. So large enterprises, particularly big holding companies or house of brands. You know, senior management tends not to be as engaged with their lines of business. Line of business leaders, of course, will. So line of business leaders who have P&L, they're very engaged with their marketing teams because today's deliverable for marketing is revenue, sales growth, and market share. So that's really where um, senior management is looking to marketing. So certain sectors of industry have performed admirably given the COVID dynamic and the shift in, in, in goods and services into different category spaces, particularly older, more traditional commodity-based categories where people are buying up products they didn't necessarily have much interest in before. Now, they may not necessarily be consuming those products. They're storing those products or and, and, and hoarding those products. But the point is, there has been, you know, disruption in different categories. There has been 
obviously fall off in other categories, travel notably, restaurant, hospitality, lodging, um, all of that have, have seen drop-offs. But the providers of commodities, you know, have done well in many sectors. Uh, and particularly, interestingly enough, areas like, you know, pet care, for example, pets and people feeding birds and things like that. You know, all of the things they're doing at home to occupy themselves. The, the areas I talk about, three areas really, nature, nesting, nurturing, and nature. You know, so nature, nesting, nurturing are, 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 are big areas of spend, which they weren't before. So people are also becoming more nomadic, and it's more the folks who have impacted the RV market and rented or, or purchased mobile conveyances, mobile homes, to go out and get away from civilization, so to speak. You've seen big shifts, of course, in, in where people are living and the exodus from major metros into suburban and rural settings. All of these is impacting markets and categories. You know, folks who are in the moving trucking transportation business are doing well. There's a tremendous demand for products and services, distribution channels, are thriving. Um, same day delivery and how that's being contracted and outsourced to third parties. Again, all of these areas are impacting um, markets. But the bottom line for, for management is how they evaluate the performance of marketing, which means how good are marketers at predicting, anticipating, reacting to these transformational shifts that are going on within their businesses. And you know, I think marketing has done a good job of hunkering down and saying, who are our most valued customers? How do we handle those customers? How do we create tighter, closer, more intimate relationships with those customers? How do we look at ways to actually monetize those customers by providing additional value um, and look at revenue opportunities by cross-sell, upsell, and, and, and aligning with third parties. So I think what management is reflecting the fact that marketing has become much more of the customer authority, the customer knowledge broker, the customer custodian, the customer relationship architect. And today in this type of marketplace that's very unpredictable, knowing and staying tight and close to your customers and giving any existing or new customer the ultimate digital experience is going to be critical. So I think marketing has been force-fed into embracing automation faster than it normally would, working collaboratively across C-suite areas like technology, security, supply chain, uh, sales revenue areas, uh, e-commerce, of course, in particular, and um, aftermarket you know, service and support. Um, these are all areas where marketers today have to be incredibly connected across their enterprise. If we're going to, you know, CMOs are going to live up to the expectation of being customer experience champions. And that's what management is looking for. They're looking to marketing for, to lead to be the customer experience officer. And they're looking right, and to marketing to, to lead in that sector. Yeah, I thought that was really interesting in the report how 62% um, of survey respondents um, considered the role of the CMO to be 
really the customer experience advocate and champion. And so, but underlying that though would, to me, that would mean that also um, the CMO also needs a really good um, system for customer insight. So is is this the beginning of a new role where the CMO, the chief customer officer, and maybe um, a the chief data <laughs> officer would would all of those roles be merged into one? Well, you know, we always advocate the fact that the CMO is the chief data officer, the chief digital officer, the chief customer experience officer, the chief relationship and revenue officer, and so on. So, you know, we see the fragmentation and proliferation of chief titles and roles. And, uh, you know, in some respects, that's needed and necessary, depending on size and shape and configuration of the company and its markets and, other, and, and, and how it does business. And, and certainly security is a big issue, information security, cybersecurity, you know, being able to, to brand protection, brand safety, all of those things are related. And, and, you know, it's impossible for one CMO to handle all of that. So, um, but they have to be much more uh, engaged and involved in that area. It's not about highfalutin branding and brand promise and brand qualities and brand attributes and brand it's not the brand role as much as it's the 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 way they touch and interact and engage with customers and how they use the data real time not just historical data immediate data how do you provide your frontline sales and customer service and support with you know with sales intelligence with customer intelligence so that you don't have customer affection customer you know, it's not getting recognized and, and treated be, with, with because the sales interface or the service interface doesn't know the value of the customer and the importance of the customer and doesn't know how critical it is to handle that customer effectively. So data, you know, in terms of the, the you know, the path to purchase, customer journey, you know, how do you get better conversion? How do you get greater yield? particularly within your e-commerce environment, how do you become more suggestive in how you present products and services online? How do you analyze and predict uh, buyer intent? And how do you uh, uh, use the insight into buyer intent to present your solutions more effectively in a B2B environment? So all of these technologies that are driven through data, artificial intelligence, machine learning, they take vast volumes of data, both internally generated transactional data, customer service and support data, but also third-party social media data to enrich the profile of those of what you know about your customer and, and how you can predict and suggest as many big e-commerce platforms do um, and to try to increase the return on, on time for a customer, return on value of the customer um, at the and you know during that transactional process, but marketers have have a, a a tremendous challenge today to to shift into that customer leadership role, and but at their disposal are more is more insight, more data, more analytics that they can use to justify and support investments in marketing spend, particularly in different areas of engagement and individualization. And 
So speaking of the challenges that marketers are facing today, what are you hearing from CMOs in terms of what they're prioritizing about CX as they gear up for the fourth quarter and we're facing all of these rapid changes where it almost feels like we're we're almost going back <laughs> into the earlier stages of COVID. Well, I mean, the, 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 the biggest challenge facing all marketing leaders today is is digital skills and digital capabilities and competencies and, and having a receptive organizational mindset to digital transformation and to have functional leaders embrace and, and integrate and unify in how they build and map and model their go-to-market strategies. So the problem we have in many cases is isolation, silos, functional silos, data kept in functional areas, not shared, uh, not unified, campaigns being functionally driven rather than you know being fully integrated, multi-level, multi-channel programs where experts and specialists in different fields collaborate intensely together to build campaigns that can be tracked and measured and monitored and, and you can have a common set of KPIs that everybody is, is, is gearing towards. And that's really going to be business-centric KPIs, not soft, you know, functional KPIs. So, so the, the whole shift organizationally and structurally in marketing organizations is the biggest, and not just in the internal marketing team, also the marketing supply chain, which has become very fragmented, very diverse, very you know, best of breed, point solution centric. And the same applies to applications. There's over 8,000 marketing solutions out there and understanding which ones are right for you, how to spec, how to configure, how to buy, how to procure, how to integrate, how to interoperate, how to utilize the data from these new applications because all these new applications spawn more data. And you have to then integrate that data, unify that data, analyze that data, and have a holistic view of how to use it. So more applications, you know, more functional automation, more need for human, you know, for, 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 for smarter, more digitally adept, digitally-minded marketers, marketing leaders in particular. And what we find in our study is that people are outsourcing now moving more towards fractional uh, CMOs or fractional marketing functional leaders. And um, there are many of those, of course, in transition. And there's a real benefit to doing fractional uh, contractual use of marketing assets and resources because in many cases you can plug and play. You can hire and somebody has really top-notch experience, has direct experience in the industry sector, in the domain area, in the marketing or geography that you're targeting. Um, so, you know, there's a shift towards outsourcing more, uh, outsourcing notable experts and sharing, you know, and really it's more of a becoming more of a shared resource economy um, for marketers. Uh, certainly, you know, the market supply chains have become very different in terms of who people are using, how they're using, how they're compensating them, how they're measuring their performance and so on. Right. Yeah, I thought that part was fascinating about this idea of outsourcing even members of the C-suite 
and it's almost like you could have a CMO on demand. And I'm wondering, uh, what would that mean in the long term in terms of like building a culture within the company if you know that your leader is someone who's just here for the short term? Well, I think that it's the value you get from the outset. You know, the trouble with recruiting, it takes six to 12 months to recruit and onboard a new executive. And then there's all the politics and politics and positioning and all that kind of stuff. You hire a third party guru or somebody who's done it before repeatedly. They've got lots. They're like a Pac-Man game. They gobble up all these points of reference. They come to your company with a lot more credibility, a lot more clout. They're seen as a you know, as a, they're not necessarily caught up in, into the internal politics that's more f- focused on personality, interaction, and chemistry rather than on clarity and purpose of assignment and goal. And they bring new ideas. They bring new thinking. They bring, um, they're, they're more likely to question and challenge. They're not just, you know, they're not, they're tall blades of grass. They're not just going to be uh, subservient to the powers that be. So, you know, what you have is, is a more challenge, you know, have somebody who's, who's typically more experienced, more thoughtful, uh, has many reference points, has also many contacts, has resources they've worked with that are trusted, you know, has a, comes as a team, so to speak. So it's, it's not just an individual, it's, it's the, the network of relationships and contacts and resources that they bring to the table as well. So there are many, there's a good argument to say that, these folks can bring in fresh thinking, new ideas, and they can energize, you know, dormant organizations. And they have less, they're more likely to enact change. They're more likely to be change agents than somebody who's who's not, right? Right. And so it really sounds like you're optimistic about um, at least the future of marketing. Well, I think marketing has got massive challenges ahead. The complexities for marketing leaders are gargantuan. The, the what they have to get their hands around, what they have to manage, budget for, you know, mapping and modeling routes to market, being strategic thinkers as to where is the future of business opportunities, how do we enter new markets, how do we develop the right products for the right, you know, customers. How do we manage and service and support those customers in a, in a very challenging, changed environment? We have a completely different, you know, way of doing business these days. We have different ways of servicing and supporting customers. There's been massive embrace of digital, and that's changed, you know, the expectations. And, and um, it's changed what consumers want and desire in how they buy and uh, how they get service and support and how they, you know, experience their products. Right. Well, Donovan, thank you so much for sharing all of your insights uh, with me. I really appreciate it. You're welcome. Thanks very much for the chat. Thanks for listening. Look for more CX insights by subscribing to the CX pod, where you get your podcasts or visit us at thecxpod.com or ttech.com. Thanks. See you next time.